Jill, it's great to see you. Thanks for being with us. First, let's uh, circle right back to our top story, stimulus talks. What are you hearing? How important is it to the market's tank? I mean, what is your take? Because it's certainly been somewhat fascinating, and there's a lot of words like imminent or close or optimistic, and you start to feel like it's ready, and then it's not. Yeah, Nicole, it's great to see you as well. And just think about what we went through in fourth quarter of 2018 and even through 2019, where we get these headlines on whether a China light trade deal would be made or phase one or phase two. It's essentially the, the same premise in terms of how the market is trading, just a different topic. And of course, as George had mentioned before, we're hearing that there's a conversation with Pelosi. Mnuchin continues to progress. It justified further talks on Wednesday with an aim of getting a package voted on before November 3rd election. I think the biggest sticking point remains and why they're, you know, about $400 billion apart is funding for state and local government. I think markets are also dismissing any election uncertainty ahead of the uh, last presidential debate, which we'll see on Thursday. I mean, we're only less than two weeks away, which of course is a lifetime in politics. Um, you know, also following on what George had said, perhaps there's some pricing in a Biden win as polls and betting sites suggest. I'll mention Predict It, which is um, a data partner of, of NASDAQ's. It's basically the stock market for politics and it'll have the betting odds. You can actually trade around what um, Predicted is seeing within their data, and it's anywhere from the U.S. national election to local uh, municipalities. It's global. It could even be something like, you know, whether Brexit will happen or not, or will stimulus happen before Brexit package. It's really quite incredible how you can make a market in virtually anything, and of course, politics notwithstanding. So I think, you know, regardless of what betting sites are saying, regardless of what polls are saying, we saw what happened in 2016, and it did not um, pan out the way the polls had suggested. So, of course, the main message there looking, you know, in between the lines is, of course, get out and vote because it is really quite an important election. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, predict it probably is right along with what most people are saying. I mean, right now, most people are predicting a Biden win. Um, we'll see what happens with Congress or how it goes. But there's a lot of swing states. So we are getting close and we will see. Tell me about your focus on tech at this point. Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook. Um, well, it's really Alphabet, right? Not Google. Tell me more yeah. about that, because with the election just right around the corner, how do you think uh, people are watching these or what are they maybe hoping for, especially after, you know, Netflix has been in the news this week, too? Right, of course. Um, and I think this is going to go back to all kinds of technology companies that have become the work from home stocks. I would call the work from anywhere stocks because that's not a trend that's going away. So, of course, it's going to be really key what they say in guidance and on conference calls if they think that this momentum can remain that they saw through the second and third quarter of 2020. And of course, as we're coming into the um, late fall and winter season in the Northeast, especially, will those trends remain? Can they be accelerated at any point or have they already um, went through the peak? So I think that's really what's going to be key. Of course, it's a bit tough to focus on more macro for these companies because it really has been hard to establish what policy may look like considering the uncertainty around the election. But uh, speaking more near term, after the close on October 29th, and this is all happening within 30 minutes of each other, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Alphabet, Twitter, all report. So that should be really interesting. Of course, we'll be looking for um, movement in the NASDAQ 100, our proprietary index at NASDAQ. But certainly these companies are the ones that were leading the way in 2019 let us, you know, in the recovery from what we saw in 2020 and, and continue to lead the market. But I think, you know, I thought uh, George's analysis was interesting um, in, in terms of that cyclical trade. But I, I do think many of the trends that tech had in place accelerated by COVID-19 is not something that's going away. It's just we're going to have to learn what it looks like operating in a virtual environment, yeah. leveraging these newer technologies. 
Yeah, and it's amazing how close the markets are playing it to the unchanged line. Like the Nasdaq is, you know, basically flat. The S&P is one-tenth of one percent. It's almost like Fed Day when we wait. Um, there's very much this wait-and-see mode today. What's your final thoughts on some of the economic numbers, jobless claims or housing? Um, what's the takeaway how we're feeling about the labor force. I know you talk to a lot of economists. You have a whole team there at the NASDAQ. Are people feeling like things are getting better? I know they're not great, but are they getting better? Well, it's interesting that you asked that question because I do daily work with our chief economist, Phil McIntosh. And of course, like you, I have a number of strategists that come on the show to talk more macro. We are seeing pockets in the economy that are doing well. Housing, of course, is the standout there. But Overall, when it comes to rates, when it comes to employment, and this has been one of my larger concerns was around the employment picture and, and the trouble it's going to have improving is something that Phil and I um, actually did some lengthy work on today. And basically what he's pointing out, and George alluded to this as well, the direction rates are starting to head is higher. And of course, we're looking at the 30-year rate, but you know, even though it's still under 2%, around the rate of inflation. So basically, zero real interest in return for 30 years of tying your money up, right? That's not good for financing the debt that we're currently incurring. It, it's not good for investors holding bonds because rising rates equal falling bond prices. And it's also not great for equities, whose current high valuation depends on the current low interest rates. So that's something we're definitely going to be watching. I think most importantly, um, and, we've, and we've spoken about this a number of times as well, that economists are starting to talk about a contraction in the labor force. You know, people are dropping out of the workforce. Um, there's there's factors like school closures that are preventing parents. They're going to have to stay home. That could be playing a role. People are giving up looking for work. Many companies have furloughed what they've already um, rehired and it, they've rehired, you know, any of the staff that they want. I think is the result we're seeing permanent layoffs and that's increasing and that what leaves you with a, a classic mm. longer recession. So I think that's really right. what we need to pay attention to and what companies do in 2021 in terms of their labor force.